Hello there, welcome to a brand new podcast here on uh, WFI. It's called In My Life with myself, Andy Wales, and my uh, my co-host there in the background, the one and only Dave Karen. So a little bit different. Basically, what we're looking for is top five or best and your worst, let's put it that way, maximum of five of each. And somewhere in there, just to make it fun, we want a piece of music that takes you back to one of those special moments. So to kick us off and to uh, to start start the ball rolling, we've brought in our trusty sidekick from the Bodies in the Box podcast. It's the one and only Ali Thompson. Good evening, Ali. How are you? Good evening, gentlemen. I feel like I'm getting picky up. Uh, that's because you are. You sound very you sound very crisp and clear, Ali. I wonder why that might be, Dave. No idea. Completely lost. This, All right. In house in house joke number one out of the way. Right, Ali. The rules are clear. I mean, the rules are there. That that will apply to anybody. However, we are very open with this in that the subject is completely of the guests choosing. Now, so, you know, your best and worst, this could be footballers, players all in all, managers, coaches, strikers, defenders, midfielders, goalkeepers, finals, tournaments, World Cup finals, Champions League finals, goals, matches, clubs, strikers, uh, transfers, experiences, absolutely anything there is so much out there commentators co-commentators pundits referees you name it if it's football you've got to have favorites and your not so favorites shall we say so the 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 list the choice is absolutely endless so ali first things first what is your chosen subject right well i've i've went for Five different ones, um, as we as we spoke about. So I've went for the token gesture of my favourite and worst Liverpool moments. I've went with fans, um, opposition fans, be just been best and worst I've I've come across. Um, Champions League finals, just of my favourite and my, my least favourite. I'm watching in the time that I've watched goals. I've I've made the goals slightly different. I've went for for my favourite goals. One that I've seen live, and I also have just a sneaky one just to add in of one I've witnessed, just of two of my favourites. And then I'll finish it off with international tournaments. So you've gone very broad stratosphere here. Basically, best and worst footballing moments. Pretty much, yeah. I'm not as much of a geek as most of the guests I'll have on with defining moments for memories. Without me having to go and proper research, these are just natural ones that I always think about when I'm maybe when I'm scouting YouTube just to watch something back or something like that. So I went for more just ones that proper mean something to me rather than researching just to find out more about it. Well, there we go. There's a good one for it. Your your LET's best and worst YouTube moments. Andy, I think it's just worth saying as well, you know, the format that, that Ali's picked here, it's not as rigid as that. You know, Ali's gone for his best and worst on five particular things. For for future guests, or if you're if you're brain damaged enough to want to come onto this podcast at some point, they don't need to correlate. You can have five different uh, subjects for 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 best and worst. You don't even need five if you want. Uh, you can go uh, less than that. But we would sort of say five would be your limit. I think that's really where we're going, Andy. You could have five five best and three worst, or vice versa. It's entirely up to you. But the maximum yet is five. So the the, the most you can do is five of each. So Ali's gone full out on and. You know, took in everything as well. So angry Scotsman, Ali. Angry Scotsman. <laughs> <laughs> I could easily have got rid of a few worst. I, I, me, misinterpreted it myself. Assumed it had to be 
one of each, as in a favourite and a worst of the same subject. The way you see it now makes it much more sense and would have been much easier to do because this was quite hard to do with some of these. Well, Definitely, I probably could have made it easier. Yes, exactly. We we have to, every show starts somewhere. This is our pilot. You are our guinea pig. So we'll see how we go. Let's I, get I, the I'm ball past experiences. That that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Ali. Let's get the ball rolling then. So your your first one you said was Liverpool moment. Let's let's start with a positive. What about your favourite? It, uh, it has to be. I, I mean, I didn't even want to really talk about this one because I'd guess it'd be ninety percent of Liverpool fans' favourite moment. But it has to be Istanbul. Just when you're thinking back to to moments, it's different for Dave because he's about seventy. So he's seen league titles and all the old European Cup wins. But for me, that Istanbul, the team that we had through it. Just even watching, you know, the old highlight clips that come on Twitter and YouTube still gives you that the goosebump, really strange feeling that we were proper successful. So I have to go with that as my favourite Liverpool moment. As a, as a fellow Liverpool fan, it's it, even though, yeah, I can remember title wins and they were fantastic. And I think my earliest memory was the 84 European Cup final. But there was something about that night. It was... It was different. It was quite kind of unique because that team should never have won it. You know, they were against the best team in Europe. They they were the best team around. They were absolutely slaughtering us at halftime. And we had no right to do what we did. It was just, it, maybe that's what it is, just the, the, the entire uniqueness of the situation, the comeback, everything. It was just... It was it was like a Hollywood script, really, wasn't it? I think for me, Ali, um, you know, you, you talk there about about me and having seen them all, and, and, and whilst yes, seventy seven was very very special. I think two thousand and five is different, and, and and for me, it's different because it's football in the modern era. For all its faults, and you know, anybody who listens to our bodies in the box podcast knows that we give out bucket loads about what the modern game has become. But to win that and, and the manner in which we won it against the team that we won it. And, you know, two names, Jimmy Terrari and uh, Igor Biscan, both, <laughs> both have Champions League winners medals. As you rightly said, no business being in the final, never mind winning it. But again, we had an inspirational captain uh, who, who takes a terrible lot of stick at the minute from, from our fans. And, and I find that absolutely bizarre. But, you know, I, I truly believe that whilst it was a team effort, the team effort would never have been even possible without Jared on the pitch that night. Um, you know, when, when he scored that first goal, like he raised the crowd. Uh, you know, I know people who were there. I know people who left at half time. You know, it was the most bizarre. Still, to me, is the best European Cup final I ever saw. Um, and, and I think even as a neutral, a neutral couldn't disagree with you. Uh, it was pure theatre. And, and, and even, you know, right up until the end, the chances and Shevchenko missing and uh, you know the Dudek saves and whatnot. Like it was, it was something. Like I watched football a long, long time, and really and truly, I, I've never seen the likes of that. Absolutely, and do you know what makes it as well? Just for me, it was the whole tournament as well. It was just there was just something special about it. From the last qualifying game, I always forget the name of the team, the Turkish team. Olympiakos. Olymp- was it Olympiakos? I thought it was Turkish for some. Yeah, I thought it was Turkish for some reason. But from that game onwards from going one goal down and just to come back. And then every other game after that, I mean, we had Chris Kirkland played in goal during stages of that tournament. Um, who was it played in goal against Juventus? Oh, the uh, lad he ended do- up at Leeds. I can't remember his yeah. name. Uh, dark-haired boy. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He ended up playing for Wigan. Yep. Yeah. But, and then he pulled like, off an incredible save. Incredible. As well. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think he probably should have saved the goal, if I remember right. But yeah. the, you had that Garcia special goal. Hippier's goal was incredible. The goal goal leading up to it against Chelsea. It was just one of those tours. It has to probably go down anyway in a Liverpool fan. It's, it's the greatest tournament of all time. It's easy to say, being, as I say, being a Liverpool fan. But it just had so many twists and turns. And as Dave mentioned, that the euphoria around the final against arguably the greatest team in Europe at that time. Shevchenko, I mean, we put a joke in the our WhatsApp group there. It was the, the night Shevchenko died. That double save just... It still makes me nervous watching back, even though I know, even though I know what happened. That save just shouldn't have happened. Ali, just before we move on to your worst, would that still be your your best moment? Do you think if Liverpool had have won the game one nil with an early goal? It's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, <laughs> it probably st- it would have been the first Champions League, well, only Champions League win, and still in my lifetime that I remember. And we've not really won much else, so in a Liverpool moment, so. I would probably have to say it would, but I probably wouldn't be as excited and disgusted because it wouldn't be up against much, really. Yeah, um, because the three maybe, the three AC Milan goals were effectively a prelude to, yeah. to the night, to the drama, really, weren't they? Well, that's it. I think everybody had kind of just wanted to enjoy the game in the second half. There wasn't Nobody really genuinely thought, we can win this. Like, not full on. I mean, I put money on us to win it, but it was more just the odds were ridiculous. Let's see what we can do, but it was more a hope of, let's hope this isn't six or seven, realistically. I remember that well. So what about your worst then? Let's let's move on to one of the negatives, because we, we all, you know, as, as we've found on Body on the bo- Bodies in the Books, we, we still enjoy love a good <laughs> negative moment. <laughs> we live for the negative moments. Come on. Well, I think Liverpool Twitter says it all. Um, about negative moments, I think just the whole fan base, just the, but I think Again, it's more of a recent time, and there probably are more for anybody older who who remembers a bit more. And I could easily have said the the eight season, eight eight nine season, sorry. But I think for me, for proper remember and being emotionally invested in football, it has to be the Chelsea thirteen fourteen season, the two 0 loss, the Gerrard slip, just that slip in general. You know, it just you seen that that was the league over. I know people go on about the Crystal Palace game after that, but six me, one to Stoke, that, and you that's... forgot that. <laughs> I know, but it, it, this it, it didn't mean nothing. It was I, I get we lost six one to Stoke. You kind and... of expected it by that point, didn't you? <laughs> it, it was a Brendan Rodgers game. Nobody cared. It was you know. But it just, I did. It was just that's one of those the games thing. That... I find that the, well. It's not the worst. The second team in the Bernabeu, it was under his hand. All of my worst moments would be under his hand. But I could see much worse than that one. Um, that was just Mourinho being a prick, in my opinion. Yeah, but none meant so much. I mean, you think about it, this is the worst moment. I mean, if we'd drawn that game, we'd won the league. Now, I've never seen us win the league in my lifetime, Dave. I mean, that's just... I, yeah. I just hated I hated Gerard at that moment and it's just Your folly was, was, was not looking at the league. I honestly that year I never thought we'd win it. I always thought we were playing catch up. Uh, you know, that Chelsea game loomed on the horizon and you know, Mourinho just sent shivers down my spine. You know what I mean? Because if anybody can fuck up what, what you're trying to do, it's that man. And you know, he, he did it and, and he did it with a fucking patched together team as well. It's even more annoying, but as I say, for me, Jesus, the six-one that, that followed the following season was always oh, that was a, that was a hurt that I haven't been able to get over. Just like the second team in the Bernabeu, that is the deepest. That's the deepest cut for me ever. I could kind of go along with both of those, Dave. If 
there was something on the line. For me, once we had beat City, that 3-2 game, that was when, damn, we're going to win this. It was in our was grasp still, and we let go. Yeah, I, I was sceptic like yourself, Dave, right up until that Man City game. And that game was so clear in my head. If we had won the league that season, that Man City game would have been my favourite moment as a Liverpool fan. Because I was running the London Marathon that day and literally checking every fan like it was round the side of the track, asking them to keep me updated with the score and checking it because it just meant that much. Forget about running 26 mile. I was more interested in the Liverpool score. That's more I, sick. I can <laughs> 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 get you coming on that one. Eh? Just from an emotional point of view, that that was that was a real kick in the balls. Yeah, it was just proper heartbreaking. I mean, especially for any of the you know the modern day fans, the slightly younger ones. Yeah. I mean, I'd say probably the Arsenal game for many folk would have just been would have, that must have been what it felt like for for like, yeah, like I, no, no. I'd, honestly, for I can me. honestly tell you. The, the game against Arsenal in 1989 to lose it with almost the last kick of the game when you didn't, you know, they had to win by two. I've never had a feeling like that. That's that is my that's my worst ever. Nothing. That, that ever. really was the beginning of the end, though, Andy. That game. That was the, mm. the start of us falling. That was a, that was a hurt that I still feel to this day. I still dislike Alan Smith. And, and I still say he didn't touch that header from the indirect free kick. I think 28 years uh, on it, to take it back, though, and, you know, ask for the t- the free kick to be retaken. The VAR could come into play. <laughs> Fair enough, the VAR does take a little bit less time than 28 years. <laughs> but, yeah, I see where you're coming from, Ali. So let, let's get back on to a positive. And you said your next one is fans. Yeah, I went with fans, and the way I've done it is I went with fans who who come across well on TV and who have also witnessed them at games. So I've kind of went opposition Liverpool fans. Uh, rather than fans just throughout the world, more ones that I've witnessed on a semi-regular basis and, and seen that don't just do it for one-off games and they're quite regular. Um, so which which might be a very controversial choice for Liverpool fans because they seem to dislike them but I feel they are the best fans in the Premier League as well and, I, and I'm going to go with the Crystal Palace fans just with some very good experiences when I've been when down at games as well even the, the games we've lost the fans still seem very good but they're just so loud from start to finish and they've kind of got a mediocre team and it's just really good to see just fans like that Especially when we we kind of criticise our own fans quite regularly for what it's like, um, and we're such a obviously much bigger team. But I just I don't know. I have a really soft spot for Crystal Palace and just the way they are um, and how loud they are. Uh, and I even a little honourable mention for Leeds fans just for the amount they get, even through all the turmoil they've been through. But Crystal Palace fans for me are definitely the best in the Premier League, and I just enjoy seeing them and how loud they are. Is that in terms of sort in terms of atmosphere and songs and everything else like that, or are you kind of the nature yeah. of it? Because some of yeah. it, some of it's a bit toxic, isn't it? Between some clubs or some fans, just seem to want to have a toxic atmosphere. Whereas some, you kind of like that sort of that bit of wit and humour. You know, you you sing something, they come back with something, and then you can have a bit of fun with it. You know, like all in the right kind of spirit. Oh, I would take it like the John Terry song. For example. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that doesn't go down quite well, but yeah, exactly. That's it, Andy. I feel they're just there to have a good time. The last couple of games I've been to, I've been against Palace, believe it or not, and 
even when you're singing, they're, they're singing right over the top of you. Nothing seems, you know, nothing seems offensive. The proper, it seems just like a proper family. Just they, they're there for a good old sing song. They're very loud. They create a good atmosphere. They obviously only get like small parts of the ground at us, and even at home, they're still as loud. Because obviously, a lot of way supports are generally much louder. Just there, you know, to enjoy themselves. But even at home, they seem to be the same. Just, just seems like a proper party atmosphere. And I just, I don't know. I just, I've never seen a negative. Because when I've been at a game, chatting to them after it, you know, if we've been in a pub surrounding games, it just always seems good fun, good spirit, bit of banter, and yeah, just generally, generally enjoy them. Yeah, d- despite watching some holidays teams play football, they're still singing. So fair play to them. Yeah, so Alan Pardew and Sam Allardyce, and they're still creating good atmospheres. I mean, that, it's all credit to them. I don't know. I, I've never seen us play Crystal Palace. I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen a live game with Crystal Palace. I think the, the fans that maybe stood out for me, um, you know, in my time, Reading fans, their away fans were immense. Portsmouth fans were immense away from, and they're immense at home as well. Apparently, I've never been, but apparently, it's 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 a great atmosphere there, and. Benfica fans from Europe, by God, they were loud at Anfield. Uh, I've saw them a couple of times at Anfield. They were, they were really for for European uh, away supporters. They they topped a lot for me in terms of noise. I've I've not heard anything like the the Dortmund support at the Westfalen Stadion. That that is just something else. I think. Just a, a quick question for you guys. Just on like best fans, best atmosphere at a game. I mean, what would you say has been your best game that you've been in and witnessed the best atmosphere? That's a good one. <laughs> Probably, do you know something? You see, the, the, what, have, what would it have been? It was the year that Chelsea put us out in the semi-final of the, the Champions League and John Arnarisa, we were 1-0 up and John Arnarisa put the fucking ball through the cop end into his own net for 1-1 and then we lost the second leg away. Before, when the teams were coming out, and I've never heard Anfield like that before, it was, it was, but it was... It was atmosphere, but it was fucking ugly atmosphere, if you know what I mean. It was that pure tribalism, that pure dislike. Uh, there was a, there was a rendition of you know uh, fuck off Chelsea FC, and uh, you know it was it would have raised the roof like the the roof was shaking on Anfield. I think that is possibly uh, we were, I think it was John Henderson. I were on the cop that night, uh, just behind a goal. By God, it was it was the kind of stuff that just made you know the hair in the back of your neck just stand straight. And I've never, I've been to some good atmospheres there, but that one stands apart by miles. Moving things along, Ali, what, what about worse then? Worst, I've went by a different, a little bit different. Just These are just fans I dislike. I don't know why completely. I've just never liked them. Never are the individuals, Andy? Or do, do I get to bash individuals? No. Well, <laughs> then, then I'm going with our own fans if we're going individuals. But no, I just hate Newcastle fans. Really? Now, they get a lot. Yeah, they get a lot of praise, um, and a lot of people say it's one of the best away days that they can have. But I just hate their fans. There's just something about them. They just seem they still believe they're a big club. I suppose like a lot of our fans on Twitter, sort of thing. But they just I don't know. I just love the I hate this whole Toon Army. The whole oh, I just I hate the club. I I just hate liking them just now because Rafa's in charge. But it's just that whole club. So the fans personified are just I want to throw them in like sheets tie it up and throw them in the river well i've got to say in, in fairness to them they don't they don't all go around punching horses in the face maybe it's just the snippets that you see but there's just something in me that just it just riles me up at newcastle fans and 
the couple of big fat blokes with their tops off in the middle of winter, and that seems a to couple, be like the a ad couple, right a whole here. fucking but, section of them. And it, it just, it just irritates. It's just one of those that just create like it's like that skating talk noise on the board when somebody scratches their nail. That's what Newcastle fans do to me. Really? See, I mean, Newcastle is by far the biggest club in Newcastle. It's it's one of the things when when you're in around the city, it is it's like a religion. It is their passion is is probably not quite strong enough. For word. They, they you know the Geordies don't really consider themselves English as well. Like they're they're Geordies. Uh, and and there's one thing I've, I've I've found visiting Newcastle. You know, sometimes you would say, "Oh no, the English. Oh, we're not English. We're Geordies." You know, and they're they're very very definite about it, and they're very very proud about it. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I, I work up there a lot of the time, so I know a lot of Geordies, and I work with them. And most, I mean, it's like anything, there's good and bad, but most of them are pretty decent, and they're fine, and they're good humoured, and I and I find it's a similar humour. You know, the northeast, not the the northwest, that sort of self-disparaging kind of humour they, they share that you know that wit it, there's something in that but yeah there's um, there is that element but I suppose you could go around any fan base and likes of you know Sky Sports News on transfer deadline day outside of Stoke yeah, you know you want to you want to <laughs> see some sites yeah really they are probably fine and they're, they're always most of them are just generally great fun guys and just going out there but i don't know i don't even know where it's come from where the root cause of it started it just seems to be one of those things for me that just and then because of it i hated newcastle games i hated it was one away game that i never wanted to go to because there was too many of them there and it just seemed to be just just the football fans for some reason didn't like it love going there for a night out a weekend away but as soon as they talk about football, it's like, I don't like that person anymore. And just, it's just done. And I, I don't know. I wish I could find the root cause of it. But just as soon as you said those are best and worst, and obviously, I, as I say, the way I interpret it, but it was the first thing oh, worst fans in Newcastle. I hate them. The club, glad they got relegated. Just one of those. Just was so happy. And then when Rafa took over, as I say, it just, it's that conflicting, brain confused, didn't know what to do. Tell me this, Ali. How did you how did you feel whenever he took over at Chelsea? I, 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 to say, I, I can't even remember more that they didn't deserve him because I was still kind of hung up on him that he should have been our manager. I didn't resent him. Is that, for your, it is that your ex-girlfriend going out with your best mate? Ah, yeah. Oh, now you put it like that. I hate him for it. <laughs> no, that was Torres. <laughs> <laughs> I, t- yeah, that, I tell that's, you what, Ali, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be with you the next time you go for a night out in Newcastle. Yeah, good point. It's rough enough. <laughs> it's rough enough when fucking adding petrol in the fire. I'll, I'll just I'll avoid Newcastle for a couple of years after this. <laughs> anyway, so so moving on from Ali's irrational hatred of Newcastle United, Newcastle and all Geordies. Uh, Champions League finals was next on your list. And their families, <laughs> <laughs> their families, their pets, their children, their homes, and their distant relatives. Yeah. So, right, <laughs> Champions League finals, Ali. Come on, then back onto a positive. Back to the positive, right? Now, obviously, we're, we've just spoke about Istanbul, so this is clearly we're we're taking that aside because it's Liverpool. But my favourite Champions League final that I've just watched and witnessed, and just I felt I was part of because I was in the city that happened in was Madrid winning it in two thousand and two. I was in Glasgow for a, a course. And just spent the night in the pub with loads of Madrid fans. The Zidane goal, which may or may not be spoken about later on, was just a highlight for me. Just thoroughly enjoyed that game. Madrid winning, just in terms of pure football, 
I just love it. At that point, it was just my favourite game of football I'd watched, just for so many reasons. And then just seeing it in Glasgow, so like close to home and seeing all the fans, even the, the Leverkusen fans were just unbelievable. The city was just bouncing, just just for the whole atmosphere and being a part of it. I think that goes down as my favourite favourite Champions League final. Um, Didn't the Leverkusen, was it 4-0 that night, something like that? 2-1, Two Two Zidane scored the winner with that, that ridiculous volley. The box. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. I think it was four 0 Oh, just just two one. That goal just made it so much more special. Just with being Madrid for me, who who were the only team I really followed proper growing up, being being in Scotland, and just just was special. Just the whole whole surroundings. Um, it just must have been excellent to be the to be a Madrid a proper Madrid fan and proper Leverkusen fan. Just at that stage, I was just jealous of how they felt. Obviously not witnessing it. Sorry, that, that was the Leverkusen that had uh, Michael Balak in it as well, wasn't it? Now you're asking, Andy. I mean, you're the German, yeah, when, the German when was, specialist. When he was at his peak, oh, he, he was he, he was he was a hell of a player at that point. Really at the peak of his powers. You know, you think about it now. By Leverkusen, really speaking, that you know they they're not a big club. They've got a small stadium. That they, they I know they're backed by Bayer, but they there's a team or a club that you ordinarily be speaking. In terms of modern football, really have got no right to be in a Champions League final, but there they were, and and they they earned it all along the way. And they had a couple of players, but Balak was the one that stood out for me. It's not even a club I could have told you any of their players that night, Andy. Um, it's, it's just a team I've never really followed, a league that I've really followed so much. But but you're right, they're not considered a a, a big club, but. Double player Balak was, and I just I remember when Chelsea seen them. Just the, obviously all the talk of them. But I just I wish I could actually remember him playing. But it was more all I cared about was Zidane at the time. Um, <laughs> Zidane McManaman was playing as well, wasn't he for Madrid? He, he was, yeah. I'm pretty sure he scored as well. I'm yeah, sure he scored the first one. Wasn't it um, and Raúl and Morientes? Yeah, that the, that Madrid team back then was just phenomenal. When you think it, yeah, that was just pre-Ronaldo, wasn't it? That was just that was the year before Ronaldo. Yeah, that arrived, was wasn't it? that, that was just Ronaldo. before the Galacticos thing kicked off, wasn't it? The, yeah, that was the it was kind of the start of it because I mean, although McManaman wasn't classed as a Galactico, you know, it was the start of them just signing, that handpicking the best players from from each team and seeing where they went. Um, and then obviously, Rio was coming through to his peak years and all all that. So they already had the making of the. And then that's when you, as you say, the Ronaldo Euro and the Zidane obviously had just, I'm sure that was his second season, um, maybe his debut, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, they ended up that with Zidane, was, yeah. Figo, Ronaldo, it was on paper, they, they should have absolutely demolished everyone. I say 1995 never came into your reckoning, no? I was only 11, Dave. Being in mind, obviously, I'd, I'd seen a lot of football, but I think bar our appearances you know, in European finals and, and so on, the one that the one that stands out for me is is ninety five. Whenever Ajax beat that Milan team, you know what I mean. Um, it was that was a cracking game of football. That was real. You know that was that was in the middle of Italian football. Was like tactically ten years ahead of anybody else. It was light years ahead of everybody else. And this these little upstarts from Ajax, little upstarts in midfield of uh, Edgar Davids, Littman, and uh, Seydorf and Frank Reichard. Like it's, it's, it's <laughs> you know back then they were upstarts, but. What, my God, they they were a joy to watch, and they broke that that sort of Italian dominance at that time. And I think that's maybe why why that one would would stand out for me, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I mean that's like 
almost pe- the peak of like Serie A's, you know, eliteness. But I think it was just it probably just without having again like having to research it properly. I didn't even think about it just because I was too young. Looking back, obviously we've all watched. Well, for me, watched the videos so many times of what it was, and we all know the history of that Ajax team, just in general, the players coming through and what they went on to do. But just for a natural favourite, when I, as I said before, I didn't want to really do loads and loads of research. I wanted this to be very natural. Of when I thought about good moments and certain things, I just wanted it to be the ones that I could naturally remember and. Because they, they're the ones that meant the most. And I think that's the only reason that one wouldn't miss out. It's, I'd say it's maybe one of the most significant finals you're one that if I was to think that way, just purely because of what it meant for that Ajax team. And then where Serie A beca- became after that and how dominant they went on to really become. Um, when you, when we, I mean, we do, on 11 Pieces of Me spoke about it so many times and every player that really was mentioned all come from the same same league and the same few teams just because it was so dominant. So if that one's your best then Ali, what about the worst? <laughs> Which of the to Champions League finals makes you kind of dread, you know, sort of say dread, shiver with like, oh, oh my God, trepidation. It's that one. Can I have a guess, Ali? Yeah, go for it. Bayern Munich 1, Manchester United 2. <laughs> it is not. It isn't. And it, only because of only because of this game, again, just naturally thinking to why it was the worst. Just because it was so boring and I was so hyped up from the year before. It was the Milan UV 0-0 game. It was kinda I'd kinda grown from the stage where I just enjoyed proper good defending. And it was just such a boring game. I'd just been so hyped and I just wanted goals. You, you know, you've got all the hype for the build up. You're just you're out with your friends and you just want to see this game and it was nil nil. And then all the way to penalties. And I was just just remember the night just being so dull. And it's like kinda just gave up. You just sat through a whole year of football and that's how it ended. That's the year season. And that final I'll just never ever forget because of that. I must admit I wasn't expecting that. I I was perhaps expecting a slightly different one. With with somebody else in it, sir. Oh, what one are we thinking, Andy? Well, I, mine probably would have been something like 2008, Man United against Chelsea. Because no matter... Oh, that was horrible. It was going to be a bad night. <laughs> yes, that's a fair point. I didn't even think that about was it. horrible like, before it even honest. started. <laughs> yeah, but at least I had funny moments. Like, the, the John Terry slip was funny. The Ronaldo crying, like, because he'd missed his penalty. There were still funny moments to make it enjoyable at the time. I mean, that's me loving Ronaldo, but those moments were there that just made you chuckle at the time. And Elka's like nonchalant walk up to hit the penalty was just it was embarrassingly funny. So that's the only reason I deleted really include that one. Um, I've got a, a mention for the United Munich one in '99 a, a little bit later on, Dave. So I'll get my rant on that there. But no, it was just that no. I think nobody likes a nil-nil final leading on to penalties. I mean, penalties are okay, but nobody wants a nil-nil. Uh, well, Ali, let's let's not hold that back then. Come on. While we're on while we're on negatives, let's just stay on a negative. Come on then. On to the goals. Right. Which which yeah. is the worst? Which which is that goal that makes you physically want to <laughs> that, vomit? It's got to be that winner in that United game. And what makes it worse is at the time, it was at the stage where when when English and well any British team were in Europe, you kind of wanted them to do well, um, just purely for 
I don't know, I was just naive at the time. Just wanted everybody, like, if they were from Scotland or England, you wanted to them to do well. And it wasn't until literally United scored that second, I was like, oh, that's good, they'll want it. And then a minute after that, I was like, bastards. Never going to hear the end of it. Now, especially the way it was. And it just makes me sick that I wanted them to score, and then they did score. And it just, it's just horrible. And it just makes me... Oh, it's just disgusting. I mean, you're a sick puppy, really. Like, you, you really need. There's a child line out there that should be dedicated to you alone. The Ali, the Ali Thompson child line. Like, that's a sick puppy dog we're talking about here. Like, I can't believe you wanted them to score. Yeah, I know. And now it just makes me sick just even thinking about it. But at the time, I genuinely was like, oh yeah, they could do well. To be, I'll be, it'd be a good story and. The way it happened, obviously, it was it was exciting, regardless of what we think, as much as we hate them. Just the way it happened, and then right after, you know, just that immediate regret, and just like, I hope nobody knew that I wanted that. Um, <laughs> and it just made me just, oh, and I've regretted that moment ever since. Well, Ali, let, I tell you what, Ali, I remember that final, and I was the only person in a packed pub cheering for Bayern Munich. Yeah, but that's your German side here as well, Andy. Even though no, that's it's a not. sensible it's just option. My side. <laughs> yeah, I just think <laughs> uh, I, I can't even blame it on too young because I wasn't even that young at the time. I just it was at the stage that even if like if Rangers would be playing Europe, I was like, oh, it'd be good if they do well. You know that at the time I still enjoyed international tournaments and that as well. And uh, I'd all all Brit, you know, any British country, Ireland, Wales, you always want them to do well. And that just changed drastically after that. I just right at the minute after that game finished, not even the next day, just like five minutes, just recalling then United fans gloating and that's like right, that's it. No. And that is when full on hatred for United just yeah, properly was, began. It was genuinely after that game. The defining moment in your life, it was the night you became a man. That's that's a very good way to put it. Because it was really the day I discovered I hated United. You know, there was there was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to rewind you here, Ali. Whoa, whoa. Need to rewind you. Was Beckham playing? He was. He set up both goals. Ah, yeah. Andy, we, the, the smoke, the fog clears. You no, know, that could have something to do with it. I wanted him to win, but it was right. Honestly, genuinely, was right after that I realised. Oh wow, I hate Man United. That's like a proper hatred, and and I've never looked back. I've never wanted them to win a single game in my life after that. Didn't matter what the outcome was. Took them to win a European Cup for you to, to dislike them? <laughs> no, no, you live under a rock to, or something? To, hate, like, to full on hate them. Before it was just like, I don't know. Just, it's, I've uh, got to say, they, they didn't deserve it that night. By the, the, Munich, I remember no, them hitting no, the bar, hitting the post, missing sitters. They annihilated them for about 82 minutes yeah. and ended up losing it. Difference of a Schmeichel yeah. makes, eh? And Beckham, just, just saying. Two assists. As much as negative you can be about a goal, it has to be that for me. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, reopening that wound, Ali. I appreciate that. Let's go off that. Come yeah, on. let's let's change that. Let's get on to positives. Come on then. Best goal right. of, or favourite goal? Which, which well, one really sort of picks you out there? I have two. Right. Well, I actually have three, so I'm going to just quickly name one, and it's the Suarez halfway line goal against Norwich. He was looking down at the ball. He wasn't even looking at the goal. He, like, he looked up, ran about three yards, looking back up, pinpoint accuracy. Just incredible. But as you, basically you hinted at, Dave, just all his goals against Norwich were unbelievable. 
Do you know? Do you know Adam Brandon, who's who does our South American show, Big Norwich man, and he cannot have Suarez because of what Suarez did to Norwich. <laughs> no one, like you'd be depressed as a Norwich fan. It's, it's. I love that video that the Norwich fans are slugging him off because he misses a sitter. He then wins the ball back and scores within two minutes. <laughs> and then just within about twenty seconds, he did, he did have that knack of treating Norwich of all teams. Extremely badly. Yeah, you got about fifteen goals in four games. <laughs> it's just nonsense. Did not get like back to back to back hat tricks against them. Yes, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had a kingdom. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, come on, back on the positive. Yeah. Come on. Right. So yeah, I had, to, I had to. I know. I had to mention Suarez. So my yeah. two main picks were one, one I witnessed on TV, um, and one I was actually at the game for. Um, so my two favourite ones I went for the one on TV I hinted at earlier was the Zidane goal that Champions League one purely how the technique involved what it was what it meant because uh, he is my favourite player of all time just everything just unified together was that and then for being at the game was at Celtic Park um, in the Champions League against Man United and Nakamura's free kick was just incredible just such a special goal what it meant put them top of the group but just that goal and just Nakamura's free kicks, but just that one that night just seemed ever so special. It was like everyone knew he was scoring the minute they lined it up. Um, I mean, that, I mean that was against Van der Sar, who was at probably the peak of his career as well, and it just flew past him. Just incredible. I think I vividly remember that one actually. Yeah, I, I, I just have to go with that as my. It's just one of my favorites, just because being there, just natural again. Just Andy, as I said before. Uh, without having to think back to all the goals I've seen, because let's be fair, we've all seen a lot, and I've probably seen a lot better goals than that, but that's just the most natural one that came to me uh, of being at a game and just all, all the people around me and just was just special. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Let's let's drop back into the negatives because we're on to your last your last elections, so we'll we'll end the show on a positive. And your piece of music, I take it, is going to be to do with your positive moment on this as well. So we'll start with the negatives then, and it's international tournaments. Yes, right. Now, anybody who knows me, and obviously we've spoke about this on Bodies as well. Now, international, anything international, it's just, I'm Scottish. We, we don't enjoy them. We're, we're never in them, so there's no point. So I've made it very for negative. Any international tournament from 2006 onwards, just have no interest in them whatsoever. Couldn't tell you the majority of the winners, qualifications, any games in them, arguably goals from them, where they were, anything. Just no interest whatsoever. So just a general worst international tournaments. Good God, that's that's a, that's a broad it, it, spectrum. It really there. is. Just, Anything from two thousand. So all of them. Prob- <laughs> it's just all it's shit. Probably <laughs> earlier. It's complete crash. I've narrowed it down to all of them. Yeah. In fact, yeah. I could probably arguably say I only enjoyed one tournament properly. So the tournament we're going to talk about, but yeah. I think. Okay, well, well, don't 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 spoil that. I'm I'm more keen to get into your negativity around international football because it's a thing that. You know, I, I drifted from for a while and, and came back to, and, and mostly I drifted away from because I used to go really up until this, I suppose, I was at all the qualifying for, for 82 and 86 uh, for Northern Ireland. And after that, it got a bit ugly um, with the events basically going on in the country, and I, and I did sort of get away from it. And 
obviously the success of the team took it away. But you see, World Cups, I, I couldn't leave them alone. Like I, I, they're, they're, they're the highlight every four years. The Euros for me are, are are a lesser thing, but World Cups are. It is for me just the holy grail of football. And to hear someone who loves football as much as you do not rate the World Cup. Like th- to me, it's just it's something my head just can't compute, mate. I, I don't even know that. I, I, when we were younger, it was kind of a thing like the whole family even did. Like even like my mum growing up would watch the World Cup. Didn't matter who was in it. It was on TV. But you obviously you got quite a lot of coverage of World Cups even before you know club football really become as high coverage as it is. So it was always there. But once I got club football, it just became more of a hindrance. Than, a, than enjoyment I just took the summer to just break away from football um, I was never in I would, I'd obviously be working or, and then all obviously some of the tournaments we've had have been it. but it's hard to I, avoid I, for, for someone like you who loves football no, Ali, it's got to be something that's in no, your face you know it's got to be something that's really it, hard to avoid the, the only time especially in recent years that I catch any of it is generally if something's been said on Twitter or Facebook you know on, on social media and I'll go back and look at something. When it comes to on TV, it literally only goes on if there's nothing else on. I would, I'll, I'll sit and watch the soaps with my missus before I watch a game live on TV. Yeah, I just I've no interest I, I at wonder, all. I do wonder if it's kind of a byproduct of the modern game and the modern era where so much of it is televised. Because years ago, the World Cup tournament was the opportunity to watch players who you'd never normally get to see. You know, leagues that you'd never ever see, and all these players that you've never heard of, and and the you know, you're seeing these South Americans, in, and you're just mesmerised by players that you've never heard of, you'll never see, you, you might never see again, uh, and they were just phenomenal. They, they they were just different the the way that they played, and it was these different approaches, and it was it was just that was it. It was exciting. It's something different. But I guess this that's this thing over the last sort of fifteen years or so, the way that football has become so saturated and the world becomes a smaller place and you can access football from virtually any league any time of the day if you've if you've got an internet connection i guess maybe it's just took a little bit of the magic away and even from someone who loves world cups the last few have not been particularly great to watch i've got to say that, Andy, that sums it up perfect it's just the oversaturation i think it just too much just drains you like I mean, obviously, Gav, who we all know, seems to watch about 12 hours of football a day, stays up till four in the morning to watch all these random leagues and whatever games on. To me, I just... And how how he manages to watch them, Ali, because he's always pissed off his head. (laughs) Well, maybe that's why he watches them. He doesn't actually know what's going on. But just, no, for me, just whenever an Astor comes on, it's, you know what, we'll talk about transfer rumours. If you you used to want to tweet out, there was a good goal one of the games or tasty to watch. We've now got the, the platforms to go back and watch a game at any time. I can sit and watch it on my phone while I'm in the bath or I'm in my bed. So I could I can catch everything he's just spoken about and I don't have to invest my time in watching a full game out with, you know, the games I'm choosing to watch it, like Liverpool games or I don't even watch highlights from any in our leagues. I, I tend to just watch Liverpool games all now, if people tell me about games, I'll try and catch them. But international football is just a, is a no-no, genuinely. Never been, as you slagged me off ridiculously for, Dave, about just no passion in like the national team or no patriotism towards Scotland at all. And I, that's maybe got a large part of it. 
it's not a Especially very Scottish trait, though, this... Ali. Any, any Scotsman, yeah. and I know a lot of them, are like, you know, Braveheart, bait in the chest, let's storm the border types. And, you know, they are so passionate about their national team. Uh, maybe not, yeah. and, and maybe not so much about you know their league teams, but the national team is something that they hold dear. And, 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 a, and to be honest with you, it's a bit like that. I think for for both Ireland's as well. You know, like the international team still means something across there. I was going to say, yeah, they're very similar. Yeah, and I think Andy, you know, I know that the England team has really lost identity. You know, I think you know you're from the North England, and I, I think you said before. There's a, there's a feeling there in the North England that the England team belongs to the South of England. Is that correct? It's kind of how I feel. It's maybe not quite how it felt maybe 20 years ago. It's one of them things It's slowly moving more and more away. I, I think maybe that's just a, a whole social thing as well. That you're feeling, you know, that the, these the regions feel more and more off, and yeah, everything feels South centric. And but I mean, some people are not like that. It's not everyone, but. Um, I think there is a kind of growing feeling, and people are more drawn, are much more drawn to club football than they are international football. Away on a tangent here, but I'm just going to ask you this: Do, do you remember whenever they were building Wembley and they sort of sent England out in the road for their international games, and a lot of them were up, uh, you know, in the north end of England and whatnot? I take it that had absolutely no impact on on the appeal or the the, the desire to support the team, Andy. If you know what, I think if they'd have done that on a regular basis, if they kept doing that, maybe it would have done. Because the the stadiums were full and the atmosphere, we were good. I actually went to one at St James's Park and the atmosphere was good, and it wasn't your usual crowd. You know that the blow the trumpets and bang on the drums, the guys that you just want to shoot playing. What was it? The Great Escape over and over and over again for ninety minutes. I know the atmosphere was pretty good, but the other the fact that they never do that. Everything is at Wembley, 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 and if you don't go there, then you don't count. So no, it's funny because what what they're doing here in Brazil at the minute, um, you know, the Mar- the Maracanã is probably the the traditional sort of spiritual home of Brazilian football. The Brazilian national team aren't really well received there. You know, they they, they tend to be very touchy. And what they've done is for the the World Cup qualifiers here, they've sent basically the team all around the country. And you know, I've I've been lucky enough to be able to go to a couple of them because they've, they've come up here. But if if they stuck with Rio de Janeiro or Sao Paulo, I'd Jesus, I wouldn't be anywhere near them. But it does bring the team to the people. And for 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 this South America, where international football is still king, to be honest with you, but to bring it to the regions and whatnot, and to see the passion the people have for their national team, that you don't see them sort of displaying on the streets, you know, nationalism and so on, even though they are quite that way. But football here can just and you know whenever Brazil were playing in the Arena das Dunas here in Natal they were the pride of the people to have the national team playing here and everything and it's something that I think is has just eroded away from European football to to a massive degree that is a fair point maybe that's what Scotland need to do they need to take the game to Ali yeah no it's just not happening I, I, I think I've been to one Scotland game in my life just ah, no interest whatsoever Hamden's only an hour away but just it's this never been a thing. A lot of my friends, they all go. They've got the the Tartan Army season tickets, so they get they get tickets to every game. Not that it's ever sold out. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. They never win. Why? I spend enough time emotionally invested in Liverpool, who who are always the the bridesmaids, never the bride. You know what I mean? I don't want the national team doing the same, and that's only every so often. Just nah, I've no time for it. <laughs> so Ali, you you don't like international football, but there is one tournament that sits out as being different to you. So give us a positive and your piece of music that takes you back there to that moment. Yeah, the, the one tournament, it's my favourite international tournament of all time for so many reasons. 
It's France 98. I was a, not a France fan, obviously, but I just enjoyed that France team um, at that stage. I mean, I was 15, 14, 14, 15 at the time. Um, and as we spoke about on Pieces of Me, everyone around here was massive Brazil, massive Ronaldo fans. And during that tournament, obviously I was a Zidane fan, so I went the French route. And I think it meant so much because, as we spoke about earlier, like that, when I was younger, the family getting round to watch international tournaments, and also Scotland were in it. So this whole country was buzzing, playing Brazil, just uh, the, the whole excitement around it, um, which makes it strange that I now dislike them for having those memories of it. But there was just something about that tournament from start to finish that I just loved so much. And as I say, the song that I've got that goes with this one comes, I don't even know if many people will remember it through the tournament or even if it was part any part of the tournament. It was more from the FIFA computer game that was was one of the first games I just really enjoyed. I played it with our friends and it was the main song for that as well. Um, so the song I picked is Song 2 by Blur. And it just, as soon as I hear that, it's just that's the tournament I remember because that's the game that I went when the France final just I just loved it and as I said the Scotland be part of it just that tournament just always gives me good memories and thinking back to some of the games and the goals and just just very enjoyable to watch so I was going to say nice piece of music there I just want to compliment you on your choice of music yeah it's a great song but before I compliment on his choice of music I, I there you see there is that nationalistic thing there Ali Scotland were involved if Scotland were involved in, in those tournaments you'd be all over them that middle... I, I don't know they, I genuinely don't because I, honestly I know they played Brazil and I, and I think they had Morocco and, and Brazil beat I, I think it was more I think, didn't they? no 2-1 two, two I believe oh. uh, an own goal by Tom Boyd I'm pretty John sure Collins oh, he gave up scored a free kick or something wasn't it John Collins scored yeah, yeah. Um, it was a close game but I always remember the Rangers fans basically saying Scotland lost because of Celtic player. And, you know, all that nonsense between those two. But it, it wasn't so much Scotland being involved for me. It was just seeing other people. Like how good, like I loved the last Euros or World Cup, whatever the last one was. And you've seen all the videos of the Irish fans that were going around social media. It just gave you that good feeling. And I think it was more just that. It just, and I was at that age where, you know, football was becoming like the serious part of my life. See more World Cups, more World Cups, and international tournaments could be like that for you, Rally. Yeah, if you just yeah, bothered to watch. <laughs> yeah, all nah. you'd have to do just just buy buy a shirt from a for a different team. You know, just, just tournament, pick a different one. Yeah, just get behind. Decide you're going to get behind France at the next one, or Germany, or or Belgium, or or Brazil, and pick your team, and then just go along for the ride. No, I just it's just not for me. Just too much time. Just no. Nah. Too much time nah, watching the thing that that that, that obsesses you. No, come on. Yeah, but you've just got you've just finished that obsession for for nine months, and you've been generally stressed and ranting for nine months as well. You just when it gets to someone, it's just like no, nah, just go away. Just I don't need you now. You've no, you're not you're not invested in any of it. You don't really care. I would rather just watch moments. You tell me there was a go- decent goal board or a-, a filthy challenge. I'll go back and watch them and leave the rest alone. I'd rather watch like ice hockey and NFL during the summer seasons. and leave- I'll leave it to that. <laughs> I-, I like your music. I-, I do remember that one at that time because there was some good music about and That's what I love as well is there are bits of music that will take you back to a particular match, particular moment, a particular tournament, whatever it is. And I think that that's kind of that 
that power of music and it's great when it mixes I like that mixture of football and music at times those little memories that it can invoke but that tournament yeah France 98 that was a really good tournament there were some good teams there and there was some cracking football played and that was that was the one with the final wasn't it the night before the final or was it the day of the final all that uh, controversy with Ronaldo and his knee and everything else was he going to play wasn't he going to play yeah it was the day of it was just loads of controversy surrounding Ronaldo at the time. Um, I think he started when he probably shouldn't have. It came out in the end. Um, and obviously that had a massive effect on it. But oh, just, yeah, just that tournament overall, just it's hard to say, like, just pinpoint individual moments of it. Just it always be the final that sticks out for me, the Zidane and Petit goals, and just seeing France win it. And obviously Brazil were huge favourites all the way through, and at that at that time, Brazil just everybody's like sweetheart sort of thing. If you if, if you weren't supporting your own country, you were you were supporting Brazil, and I just had to be different. Um, and just fortunate for me, it was the France way, and I loved that France defence at the time. The kissing Barthez's head, it was like, Blanc. like lucky charm <laughs> all the way through. Yeah, yeah he, got, he got suspended. Didn't he? he got sent. He got suspended. So Frank Leboeuf did it. Yeah, yeah. For that game, he missed and uh, he sent. Vicente Lisa Razou, um, Taram, Desai, Vieira. Such a good team when you think back to the team Z- now. Zidane, really Henri. Oh, tremendous. Yeah, David Trezeguet. Yeah, just... Henri wasn't really at his, pa- his peak of his powers at that time either. No, no. He was playing more well, from the right for them, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, he absolutely. was playing on the way because Trezeguet was their main striker. Yeah. No, just, just loved it. Just that whole tournament. Just... And yeah, as I say, I know it's only a computer game, but FIFA's so big and a lot of kids growing up live and just the two that linked together, it was FIFA 98 Road to the World Cup was the name. So there was that hype all the way through it. i tell you who Just else so France had was one of my favourite players at the time, Yuri Jorkaev. Jorkaev, yeah. What a player. Just, see what I mean? It's just, you think, yeah. Just, it was just overall just that solid because they had a great defence. When you look at the Desai... Lizarazu was, was solid. Turam is one of the best right-backs of all time. Bartes, whatever you think he's United is, was one of the best keepers in the world. Just phenomenal. And as we mentioned, Vieira, Petit, Zidane, those mid- that midfield was just incredible. And they were still looked at as serious underdogs in that final. And obviously the pressure of being at home, the home nation as well, just built up to it. Well, Ali, we'll close. Uh, you know, some of the, some of your uh, statements on this have have really done wonders to confirm that you really, really are a sick puppy. If if, uh, if your eleven pieces to me appearances don't already tell you that, it's it's always a pleasure talking to you, Ali because you come off with with some of the most bizarre, thought provoking stuff that that I can you know. And you love football, but don't love World Cups. It's just it's just for me. It's just it's an anomaly. I just can't make sense of in my head. But yeah. listen, it's still but, national football. No. <laughs> Before we go and play out with song two, Ali, where can we find you on Twitter? Anything you're working on? Anything you want to plug? Just the usual Ali Thompson 84 on Twitter if you want to read much more of my ramblings. And most of it's just wrestling stuff just now. I'm kind of having a break from the football stuff. Um, nothing to work on at the moment. We're kind of trying to figure out a way to do this new 11 pieces of me. So I'm not getting it too much. Um, and the only thing I'm going to plug is just... Uh, 
Dave will do a better job than me, but just everything on WFI, even though this, the season's finished, there's so much content coming out. So just get over there and check everything else out. Well, on the written side of things, yes, there's lots and lots of stuff. On the podcast side of things, I'm sort of just back today, sort of full-time. So things will be improving on the podcast side of things. There'll be a lot more of them. Um, as as I've said on the previous pods I did last month, I am sort of took the month off to myself and back to the back to the sort of cold face today. Andy, yourself, been far too long since you've been on a pod, apart from our, our little bodies foray, which we must actually do again. Where can we find you, and what are you working on? You can find me at Andy Armchair on Twitter. Uh, not doing an awful lot at the minute, but I'm sure the next time we're around, uh, might have something to discuss. Indeed. And from my own point of view, as I say, look, with the new Russian pod out this week, uh, we'll have a, a Mexican pod coming, hopefully another MLS pod coming this Apart from that, we'll see, see what we can put together for you over the next few days. Uh, I know there's a few guys with a few ideas in the pipeline. South America will be out with something later in the week. There's enough there just keep us ticking over. But as I say, I expect the globe to start coming into play in the next sort of two or three weeks with all the transfers that start to take place. And we'll get a bit of a reaction to those and whatnot for you. But other than that, just thank you to Ali for being on. Thank you for Andy, as always, for, for, for being on. And we will play out now with Ali's song of choice, the brilliant song too. It's not my problem It's not my